We are in the middle of a series on building through wisdom. Why do we need wisdom? We need wisdom, Bazalana, because without wisdom, we will struggle in life. Wisdom is not intelligence. Wisdom is not uh, uh, being an intellectual either. Wisdom is not any of those, but wisdom comes from God. Wisdom is the ability to make things work using everything that's around you at your disposal. But God gives you the know-how. You can know a lot of things in life and study a lot and still not move forward in life. There's no university for wisdom. Wisdom is learned through the school of life. We call it experience. But it's also something that comes from God. And so we struggle when we don't have wisdom. Physically we struggle. Spiritually we struggle. But obtaining wisdom can be hard work. But God makes it available to those who are willing to learn. See, if you have a heart to learn, if you have a spirit to learn, your life can be different. Now this is what I really love about God. You know, in God's kingdom, you know, any of us can become better. So it's not a matter that your background has uh, relegated you to being a loser for the rest of your life. There's nothing about our lives that binds us to be static and to stand still. God is a God who changes and transforms lives. If I'm at this point in my life and I'm not winning, things are not working, I'm walking in depression and everything is falling apart, I don't have to assume that's where I'll be all the time. If I can allow God in my life, God will move my life. Oh, I'm trying to preach to you. You are not impressed. Okay, I'm going to preach to these people. Oh, I thought you would say amen. You are not saying anything. So let me try this one. So, see, so in God's kingdom, see, God gives a chance to everybody. There are no people who were born on the right side of, the, of, of life. Even the most disadvantaged and the most marginalized, when it comes to God, we are all equal. So if you can learn, you see, so I'll just stand right here and look at you. They're going to get married soon. That's why I amen. So. <laughs> Wisdom and discretion protects our lives from trials and heartaches. Sometimes some of us get into trouble in our lives because we didn't have wisdom. I know we like to blame it on the devil. I know we love to blame it on our parents or our friends or we want to blame it on the economy. I want to blame it on this country. You are the one who made those decisions. It's you who did what you did. Because you, did, you lacked wisdom. You lacked wisdom. You know, I was watching uh, one preacher yesterday. He was preaching in the U.S. and he's got a church there. And uh, it was my first time to watch him. And he was talking about wisdom. And he talked about the principle his mom taught him and his parents taught him. You know, because one of the principles he was using for wisdom is that uh, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you where you will be from now. And you know, people like to hang around wrong company and expect their life to be different. Wisdom teaches you to befriend people who will invest good things in your life. 
That's what wisdom teaches you. Wisdom teaches you that there are certain people who are not good news. You don't want to hang around those people. And this friend, this pastor said, my mom told me, who are your friends? And I told them, Kibale. And my mother said, those ones. She said, draw more born. Look at your neighbor say, draw more born. Look at your another person say, Trada. Trada. Tell them, Trada. Say, his mom said, Trada. Leave them. He said, if you head around those people, you'll never go anywhere in life. And this is what he said. 35 years later, when I came back to my friends, they were exactly where I had left them. Yeah. So wisdom, when it comes in your life, don't fight it. Make the adjustments. The truth might be difficult to bear. Like today's truth is going to be difficult. So say all the amens you can right now because you might not be able to say many amens later on. But somebody say wisdom. And Proverbs 3 verse 21 says, My son, let them not depart from your eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion so there will be life to your soul and grace to your neck. Then you will walk safely in your way and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet. Can I hear an amen? Brother? amen. You see, obtaining wisdom will bring, will elevate your life to another level. Yeah. Where others fail, you will succeed. Where others are tired, you will have strength to move on. Where others are giving up, when you will just be starting. Where others are cynical, when you will be filled with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Why? Because you walk in wisdom. But it is through wisdom that we were able to go to Orlando Stadium. As I've listened to what God has told us to do over the years. Do this, do this. Plan this. Start here. Go there. The prayers we've prayed. The planning. All of that. Most of all the grace of God on our lives. And then it happens. I mean, you just make it look like it's easy to do it. You know, and, 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 and those who don't have wisdom say, and then they don't understand. It's not as easy as it looks. Because when you walk in wisdom, you make what is difficult look very easy. And, and when it happens, when I on a stress, when I on a stress, you are still laughing. Oh, I'm trying to prophesy on some of you. You're not even saying that. That's what wisdom does. Wisdom imparts. What nothing else can impart in your life. Can I hear an amen? amen? Proverbs 9 tells us that wisdom has built her house. And it says she has hewn out seven pillars. So the wisdom has pillars that support it. Pillars that stand. And it is these pillars that support this house called wisdom. I see your house called wisdom being supported. I said I see your house called wisdom being supported. And Proverbs chapter 9 says it, it, she, it has hewn out seven pillars. To hew out, Bazala, means to cut or to carve. That means strenuous effort. It means when it comes to wisdom, you have to be willing to apply yourself. You have to be willing to learn what you never learned before. Some of the principles might be difficult because they're not the way you used to do things. You know, it's not how you used to start. It's not how you used to approach life. But when you learn wisdom, you apply yourself to it. I remember when we learned, you know, as a young believer, to study the Bible, you know, to build the discipline of, we call it devotions, you know. Have devotions. Every day, read your Bible. Just read, you know. And I remember it wasn't easy to read the Bible every day. Very difficult. 
you know. But as I learned to read, it became a habit. But as I studied the Bible, I noticed as I lived my life, like I was telling you week before last, I read the book of Proverbs so many times, so many times, and I read it again and again and again. And then I realized, yo, the book of Proverbs is not only talking about your relationship with God. It gives you advice on life. Amen, Bazalana. Advice, it shows you how to relate with people, how to handle yourself when you are invited by rich people. You know that scripture now? <laughs> you know that scripture now? Yeah. If you've come to the house of a rich man, when they put food before you, he says, put your knife on your throat. In short, uskaja too much. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Why? Because we know in other cultures they use food to, to, to size you up. So they give you food to see how you eat. And by the way, Ujang, how size it already? But God knew that already. There's another scripture, Aaron. Do not, do not, Aaron, do not envy the wicked when they succeed. Because you don't know where they got their money. So you lie. So you lie. So you see, when people are drug dealers and they are getting money through inappropriate ways, you don't envy them. Because you know, one day the hawks will be there. You understand? Why you Lamborghini so, so even if we're not so called, so called there's a scripture I read yesterday. I loved it. It says, better be a poor person who walks in his integrity. Hey! Hey! I was reading it yesterday. Better be a poor person who walks in his integrity. I thought I'm going to do a sermon on that. You know, the things like integrity are something that our world is not looking at anymore. You know, people are slipshod, they, they violate things, but some are and they steal, they buy bribery, and that's how some of people's success comes. It's not clean success. It's matchweapon and a success. Look at your neighbor and say, don't have matchweapon and a success. Yeah. So if wisdom has pillars, what is a pillar? A pillar is a strong, slender, upright structure or a column. The pillars are usually made out of stone, wood, or metal. They are used to support, like these pillars in this building of ours. They are supporting the kapate. All the, the, the trusses of our roof are sitting on these pillars. All right? So a pillar is, 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 is a load-bearing structure. These, these pillars are bearing the load. They, 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 the pillars function in stabilizing the structure. So, so these pillars of wisdom, they, they will stabilize your life. You know, God wants your life to be a stable life. Some of us, your life is so extreme. You know, you win, then you just out in the gutter. You know, you know because you, you don't, you're not applying wisdom. You're not applying wisdom. You, you do well for a short while. When you get success out of doing well, you stop. You know, you come to church, January, February, and Mudima will bless. I prosper. And then when God sigelelas you, you stop the disciplines of prayer, of reading the Bible, of living right. You go back to your old way like a dog going back to its vomit. Yeah. And then 
Then the trap of the old life, eu Things that you were dry from, things that you had left, things that you had stopped, eu and they put you back in prison and it's even harder to come out this time. And then for the next three years, your life is just on a downward scale. Hmm? And then you come back on the fourth year. Sing shisa more. Sing prayer more. But then, and then how many of you know about that? Once you lose momentum on something, it's much more harder to start. I tell you, if you lose the momentum of prayer, the day you go back to praying, it is so hard. You pray and pray and you think, I've been praying for an hour. Oh, Sheba, five minutes. Huh? So wisdom helps to bring stability in your life. But we must, we must determine to be stable people. You mustn't be swinging from one end to the other. One end, we just cannot depend on you. We don't know in what condition. Life is built by stability. You've got to be stable. You've got to stay with something. Bit by bit. Bit by bit. And Africans are like, biki biki magnier. Okay, for the, for the born freeze, little, little makes more. You have to inch your way to your destiny. You'll get there. You'll get there. But you've got to be moving forward. You can't take two steps forward, ten steps backwards. That's how some of you, your life is. Yeah. That's how it is. That's how it is. But wisdom teaches you to have pillars. Can I have an amen? Amen. Figuratively, a pillar is an important support or a supporter. If someone describes you as a pillar of strength, they are actually saying you are reliable. We are supportive like a column of a building helps hold the structure up. I mean, on the 8th, we're going to see supports of different political parties, pillars. If you are a pillar of a certain political party, why vote and Namaganja? Whatever party you are, I didn't tell you what to vote. I just said you're going to. But interesting, the word pillar, P-I-L-L-A-R, looks like it has two pillars right in the center holding the word up. And so these pillars will hold your life up. These pillars is what will make your building to keep growing and to keep getting stronger. These pillars is what will move your life forward. These pillars is what God will use to build your life. Very interesting. We find these pillars in several places in the Bible. In the book of Proverbs, in the book of Matthew, and in the book of James. All of them talk about pillars of wisdom. They're all different. Let me tell you about the ones in Proverbs. Proverbs 8 describes the seven pillars of wisdom. And they are as follows. Number one, prudence. It's a pillar. Number two, knowledge. Are you writing down? You see, it's a pillar to know how to write down. It's a pillar to take notes. Yeah, some of you don't take notes. I know some of you, you listen well and you record it in your head. That's fine. We just hope that nothing happens to your head. All right. But some people are good listeners and they say, no, they don't take notes because they write. And if it's your first time and you didn't bring a notebook, don't feel bad. I'm not talking about you. But I, I advise you to write, Bazalana. Write. It, it will help you. And if they give you a chance to preach, preach. Don't tell them. Just preach as though you've been fasting for four weeks. Amen. 
I was so encouraged to Muruti Temba, one of our pastors. Can I Muruti Temba? Okay, wife. Eh? Pardon? Oko Rosettenville, yeah, he's one of our supportive pastors called Rosettenville. I didn't tell you, he, he, he sent me a text message and uh, he went to preach at one of the schools and, uh, and he took one of the sermons that I preached and he preached it. Mara, I changed it. Ha, ha, ha. I, 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 magnetic field. And he says, afterwards, the teachers... And the young people, they were asking him. He, he was using that principle when I was talking about how to be led by God. You know, how, you know, how, how, how does God lead? The ways God leads us. And I've had many people. Uh, uh, Bishop Matwale was telling me about one of his people that he associates with, Kai Kai, who's not a believer. And they're watching on, on the, the series on how to be led by the Spirit. And they're saying, hey, can't God can lead us? Can you tell us more? It's wisdom to write down, eh? Yeah. All right. So, pillar number one is what? Yes. Number two? Yes. Pillar number three, discretion. Discretion. All those are found in Proverbs chapter 8 from verse 12. So, you can read it at home. These are pillars. Pillar number four, the fear of God. Pillar number five, counsel. Pillar number six, sound wisdom. And pillar number seven, understanding. In Matthew chapter five, Jesus gives us also seven pillars. Okay, let me go through the seven pillars. Number one is prudence, two, knowledge. Prudence, I won't tell them, I promise you. I promise you. <laughs> Forgive. So number one is what? Yes. Number two? Yes. Number three? Yes. Number four? Yes. Number five? Yes. Number six? Yes. And number seven? Yes. Those are pillars. I don't have time to go into that. You can go study that. Those are pillars of wisdom. But we find other pillars of wisdom, and Jesus calls them the Beatitudes. You know, in the past, I used to wonder, why did they call them the Beatitudes? You know, you know Basen, I find... I find uh, I find theological language difficult to understand. How many of you can say amen to that? Amen. And the theologians, they like to use the language. Shall we all turn our attention to the fifth chapter of the gospel according to St. John? <laughs> Verse number eight to seven. And in it, I want to preface by saying it talks about the Christocentric eschatological wah, 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 and I'm sitting there thinking what are they talking about and just before I go ahead I just want to preface my message by giving you the pretext of the context in the light of the world that has <laughs> that has gone into abomination and a post-Christian culture. And I'm sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? So they used to say Beatitudes, and I used to ask myself, what is a Beatitude? Until I had one preacher just make it so easy. He said, it's simple. It's the word B, B-E, and the word attitudes. So these are the attitudes that you must be. 
Yeah. No Christocentric, ecclesiological, whatever, no. So when Jesus taught the Beatitudes, these are the, the attitudes that you must become. The B-attitude, the attitudes that you must embrace. All right? What are those attitudes? Well, in Matthew 5, Jesus said, blessed are the what? The poor in spirit. So that's a pillar of wisdom. So number one, poor in spirit. What does it mean? It speaks of humility. Humility is a pillar. You'll make it through in life more when you carry humility. And humility is not stupidity. Jesus was called humble. Humble. The Bible says we need to be wise as serpents, humble as doves. Doesn't mean we're walkovers. But humility is a pillar. Then Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn. And what it means in that instance, it means those who hate evil. See, when you live a clean life, it's a pillar. I'm going to come to that later. When you live a clean life, it's a pillar. A clean life will take you, will take you further in life than a life that's not clean. Number three, Jesus says, blessed are the meek. Like Dr. Maswanganya says, meekness is not weakness. But to be meek means to be gentle or to be prudent, to have prudence. Number four, he said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Righteousness is to have a right standing. You want to be on the, on, in right standing with God and in right standing with people. You don't want to be offending people. You don't want to be an Dwadumela kind of person. We'll come to that in a short while. Amen. Number five, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. You know, as you grow in life, you realize that being harsh, it doesn't help. I'm telling you, more so, you can't talk to people from the position of your strength. I tell you, I've learned that. We need to learn to be merciful. Merciful. Number six, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. That means free from corruption. Free from corruption. See, people think corruption will take them further. But we, we, we see corruption hurts you. And not only does it destroy you, it destroys everything around you. And sometimes corruption can even destroy the generations that follow and destroy even the future of other people. Yeah? Yeah, but the world wants corruption. Yeah, people don't care. I mean, people just do stuff. People have a sanatav. Just corruption, just the way to live. Huh. Then Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. So in James, which is what we're going to discuss more at length, chapter 3, verse 17, James contrasts what he calls the wisdom from above and the wisdom of the earth. Worldly wisdom as opposed to the heavenly wisdom, the wisdom from above, as opposed to the wisdom from the earth. Now, to put it in simple terms, the wisdom of the world is simply butlevabalefatsile. You know, you know that I always tell you. Let's go Rockville, and on Spencer from Rockville was as clever. on says on on sweet, as clever. 
But the problem is that there's a, there's a level of cleverness that the world, you know, in the world, and when you're a clever, you're a you know, as clever as there's a way you, how we like all other people, there's a way of Ubuaka style. Even the way you walk, 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 even the way but also there's things that you want to get away with. You want to trick people. You want to, there's a way you want to live. You know, growing up as children, there was always pressure around us young people. I don't know how to say that in English. What does it mean? To what? Huh? To, tr- to be trendy, yeah. To be trendy. We, we grew up in a time Runa, when uh, 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 Michael Jackson was a big hit. Woo. He, used to, he used to do his hair, perm his hair. He used to wear bell bottoms and two-story and two platform shoes. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with dress code. We all like to look like that. But the problem was the other behavior where uh, in our time, who started this thing of the, 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 the whiz. In fact, it was before, you know, the whiz came later. It was a nightclub. It started back then, nightclub, where people go overnight. There's a term we used to use. Can I name some? Disco. <laughs> you remember, I was in a disco. Disco started in a time where all of a sudden people go overnight to go and drink the whole Friday. It started then. It started then. So I was, I was in a youth club, you know, uh, ballroom dancing and we were young people in Kokasi. So many of the teenagers, you know, and young adults used to go overnight. Friday night they're gone. They come back Saturday. So when they're meeting, they have a story to tell. You don't have any story to tell. <laughs> and you know what it's like, eh? When everybody has been with it, ne? Marawena, you haven't been there. You know, you know, you know pressure? Peer pressure? Hmm? Hmm? When other children have, were away, when in your home, your father told you to be at home by six o'clock. You know, you feel like these parents. They're depriving me of life. Then I want to go out there. I know you're looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about, but you know. But you see, parents knew better. I can tell you, when, when, when my mother insisted that I must clean the house, wash the dishes, when my father insisted that when I leave, I must tell him where I'm going, what time I'm coming back, and I must be home before six o'clock. When I was with my friends, they used to make fun of it. Because they were free, free as a bird. They could go wherever, they could smoke, they could drink. But you see, it's a matter of years. Where you see the difference. Ah, yeah. 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 Now, when you're an adult, you take responsibility. You know how to report to Ohio. It's, it's second nature. You realize the importance of it. Now, by God's grace, by God's grace, you didn't put a lot of stuff into your body that damaged your body. It's wisdom. Some of you, you are running to these things. You think, what clever? It's the wisdom of the world. 
That's what it tells you. That's what it tells you. Everybody's drinking. I mean, today the adverts are so full of young people drinking. You know, there's got to be several things there. There must be calm, <laughs> half naked women. There must be on a yacht or in somebody's pool or at a house that is in a gated community or a mansion. You think that's the way your life will be? <laughs> you, you, you think? Hmm. But see, the wisdom of the world wants to be with those things. You feel like you're depriving yourself when you go to church. They, they, they want to tell you you're wasting your time when you're praying. They want to tell you you're wasting your time when you're serving in church. They want to tell you you're wasting your time when you're going to Orlando Stadium instead of going away. They, they want to tell you that. But I'm saying wisdom stands the test of time. Let's talk 20 years from now. Let's see who clever between you and me. Somebody shout! So James tells us about the wisdom from above. And the wisdom of the earth. Not what it says. James 3.17. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. So write that down. Then peaceable, number two. Gentle, number three. Willing to yield, number four. Number five, full of mercy and good fruit. Number six, without partiality, and number seven, without hypocrisy. All of these things, Bazalan, I want to talk to you about them quickly. I'll be very brief this time. These are the seven pillars of wisdom. You use these seven pillars in your life, according to James chapter 3, this is the wisdom that is from above. First of all, I like the way it says, it puts number one, first, pure. The word pure means to be chaste, holy, and clean. That's what it means. To be chaste, holy, and clean. We know that in our own efforts, we cannot achieve purity. We know we become pure by coming to God. Job 15, 14 says, He who is born of woman, that he could be righteous. If God puts no trust in his saints, and the heavens are not pure in his sight, how much less men? We know what Isaiah 64, 6 tells us. He says, we all like unclean things, and all our righteousness is like filthy rags. We know as human beings, we don't have power in ourselves to purify ourselves or even to make ourselves live a pure life. However, we also know that without purity, we cannot build our house of wisdom. So the question is this, how then can we become pure in the eyes of God? Paul answers it in Romans 7 from 24. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death, he asks. It's a rhetorical question. Then he answers, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, ours, our Lord. So God, through Christ dying on the cross, came to cleanse us from sin, came to redeem us from sin, came to change our lives. Through Jesus Christ dying on the cross, God came to come and transform our lives and make them to be different. And once we have received Christ, then we can be able to live a new life and live in purity. 1 John 3, 1 to 3 says, Therefore the world does not know us because it didn't know him. 
Beloved, now we are the children of God. Now we are the children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in himself purifies himself just as he is pure. How does Jesus say it in Mark, Matthew 5, 8? Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Yeah. Purity comes from God. Comes through the blood of Christ. If you are here today and you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord, please know, you can never make yourself pure. You can never make yourself pure. The song we sing, what can cleanse away our sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Only the blood of Jesus. And so, the blood of Jesus and that purity becomes the first pillar. That's the starting point. Before we can start to build anything in life, we start with God. When we are pure before God and we live a pure life. Number two, the second pillar says the wisdom that's from above is peaceable. In other words, it talks about living in peace with others and promoting peace among all. Living in peace with others and promoting peace among all. We cannot achieve true peace without Christ making us righteous. And then we lose peace when we become self-righteous and proud. This pillar tells us we must not insist on having our own way or fighting with people. Are you there, Bazalan? You cannot build our house of wisdom with pride and an argumentative spirit. Unfortunately, there are people who are so argumentative, always arguing. They don't want to be at peace with anybody. When we approach one another, we need to do so with humility. The Apostle Paul in Titus 3 even tells us and reminds us to be subject to rulers and authority, to obey them, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil to no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. We shouldn't allow our carnal nature to be attracted to strife and dissent. And you know, Basalana, it's, it's important for us to know that. Now, I know, being a black person raised in Soweto, certainly we had to resort to a certain approach to get things to change in our country from the apartheid past. But the problem is, Basalana, when we start being people Basavalas everywhere we are, and we haven't even learned the language to say, I'm asking, we demand. Now, I understand in other sectors where we say we demand for the sake of our human rights and for us to be treated properly as workers. I understand that. But if you take that spirit of demanding into your home, into other relationships, I've seen people wanting to take that into the church. The church doesn't operate with that. We don't demand here. No, we don't demand here. We ask properly. God's kingdom. God's kingdom doesn't force anything. God's kingdom. Jesus said the kingdom is not here or there. Paul says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. In God's kingdom, 
We use peace. Titus 3 says, avoid foolish disputes and genealogies, contentious and striving about the law, for they are unprofitable and useless. Reject a devising man after the first and second admonition, knowing that such a person is warped and sinning, being self-condemned. There are people you can't make peace with them. Why? Because they always want to criticize you. And that's why you'll see me, even some things on social media, I don't respond to. Because they are regular clients who have made it their calling. <laughs> that whatever I do, they are going to say something. I refuse to be in contention with people. I refuse to get on the low level of the wisdom of the world. I'm not going to do that. In Matthew 5, 9, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Why? They will be called the sons of God. Peace is stronger than hate. Peace is stronger than contention. When you don't respond to people, it's not that you are weak. See, some of you, 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 you fight so much and you so want to defend yourself. And when somebody says, never bacha yalokanda. Oh. Really? I read a scripture years ago that totally boggled my mind. I will never forget the impact of the scripture. Here is Jesus, he's teaching in the temple. And you know, you'll know that the, 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 the Pharisees and the Sadducees would always attend his meetings, not to listen, but to be contentious. You know, there are people like that. Their calling is to make your life miserable. But Mamelangne, if, if, you, if, you, if you fall into the trap, you'll be miserable. But you can, you can, you can, you can miserable prove yourself. I don't know if there's a word like that. Do you understand what I mean? You can, you can, you can, you can, you can be miserable proof. That when they try to make you miserable, you don't respond. You just look at them and, and just don't, you just, so, so Jesus was like that. So they, they you know, they, 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 they tried, they tried. And then afterwards it says, the Pharisees so stirred up people that people wanted to kill Jesus. As he came out of the temple, they wanted to take him and throw him over the cliff. Go and read that scripture. I was shocked when I read that. It says, and Jesus walked through them, and no one could touch him. I thought, whoa, 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 whoa. Watch this. Watch the power of this. Some of you don't see it. Look at the power. The power of peace. The power of being a peacemaker. The anointing of peace. That you can be insulated from people who want to harm you. Oh, and, and, and Mamelam, he, he walked through them and they couldn't touch him. They, there, was, there was just a canopy of protection around him. Some of you, Mamelam, the, the Bible is the Bible is the, the battle is the Lord's. Leave it to God to fight for you. Can I hear an amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Peace is much stronger than contention. Peace is much stronger than strife. Bring peace into your home. Bring peace into your work area. Bring peace into the church. That's why when churches start fighting, when there's strife in churches, it dissipates the power of God. It takes away the magnetic field. That's why there must be peace in the church. We must learn to work through our problems and solve our issues peacefully. 
There'll always be challenges among us as people. But we can't be contentious. Come on, tell your neighbor, we must be at peace. Romans 16 says, as much as lies in you, make every effort to be at peace with all men. Yeah. They may not want to be at peace with you, but you be at peace with them. And this doesn't mean you are a walkover. No, this doesn't mean you let them hit you and kick. No, 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 no. You just walk away. Those are things that I will never engage with people. There are platforms. I'm not going to engage those things. If but what I'll show you, let them say, it hasn't stopped anything. No, here we are at Toko Stadium. Whatever they said, Kimura Toko Stadium, Stadium Sitleti. So, what are you going to do? Nothing. I'm at peace. Here I am. I'm preaching. I'm smiling. So, what? So, what? No, no. Some of you, you let people spoil your day. Because, untua dumela. In English, you ring, war agree. <laughs> eh? you, you, you have to be comfortable to let them say whatever and not let it affect you. Some of you, you haven't reached that stage. It's a, Christi- it's a level of Christian maturity. It's a level of Christian maturity. Let them just say, uh, and don't say, I don't care how fat or Boba No. The Bible says, do good to those. Jesus meant it. He says, do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who abuse you. Pray for them. No, no, don't pray for judgment. Pray that God will bless them and mean it with all your heart. When you meet them and they want to fight with you, just smile and say, how are you? And mean it from your heart. God bless you. Have you seen somebody ask my Abba not smile genuine? Ask my under dress. Somebody say be at peace. Third pillar, gentle, be gentle. The word gentle means meek, modest, of an equal mind, taking everything in good part. God loves those who are meek. Now, meekness is not weakness, but God wants us to be soft and of a gentle spirit. Philippians 4 verse 5 says, let your gentleness be known to all men. A meek person is not timid or fearful. Meekness is simply humility before God. It is an attribute of true gentleness. Watch this. Moses was a firm leader, a strong leader, but Numbers 12, 3 says, Moses was very meek. What does it mean? Well, it means this guy was humble. Now, being humble doesn't mean you are not strong. Hey. No. Being humble doesn't mean you are not tough. No, 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 no. Being humble means you don't overrate yourself. You don't put yourself on a pedestal. You don't make yourself what you are not. But you embrace what God says you are. Oh. Yeah. That, 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 that's meekness. You don't, you don't try to, to, to pump up your CV. You, you, are, you are who God wants you to be, but you don't shy away from your assignment. Moses was meek. Ah, Jesus. Jesus himself in Matthew 11 from 28 says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. He says, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. He says, I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart. The same Jesus, he says he's meek. 
The same Jesus who threw out the money changers out of the temple is meek. The same Jesus who's described as having eyes like a flame of fire in Revelations 1.14. The same Jesus is gentle. We, we need to know how to mix gentleness with strength. Oh my goodness. How to mix, how to mix meekness with authority and power. That, that we can, we may not talk ourselves up and we may not just allow people to take fights with that. We walk away, but we are strong. And we still do what God has called us to do. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Jesus said, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Number four, be willing to yield. Pillar number four. It says the wisdom from above, it's easy to be entreated. It means it's not stubborn nor obstinate. It's of a yielding disposition in all different things. You see, stubbornness is what divides homes, what ruins relationships, what destroys churches and businesses. Therefore, our house of wisdom will not survive. Anytime you get into any enterprise or any form of covenant, at some point, you're going to have to consider the other's opinion. And one of the biggest problems in life is when people are married to their own opinion. Listen to what God says. God says, Stubbornness is like the sin of witchcraft. Can you believe? Eh? God is saying, if you are stubborn, it's just as good as you are a witch. Why? Because you see, in witchcraft, people worship foreign gods. In stubbornness, the person worships their opinion. See, if God's word challenges you, and you hear the truth of God's word. Don't fight with it. Some people are so stubborn. Even if they know what the word says, they will still go against it. But we must be willing to yield. Even our attitude towards one another. Ephesians 5.17 says, Therefore do not be wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Submitting to one another in the fear of God. There's turmoil in churches today because Christian men and women fight. There's churches that divide because people will not sit around the table and resolve their differences. Even in today's society, many households are in turmoil because men and women didn't grow up with a proper example for a husband and wife. How they should work together. Wives, the Bible says to you in Ephesians 5.22, wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. I know that has become a message that's not preached much these days. I know the amens are not there anymore. And equally, God says to the husband, husbands, love your wives. But we have problems today because people don't do either of the two. We don't have examples of houses that have submission in them. See, anybody who's married will tell you that in marriage, it's a matter of negotiating, give and take. You both compromise. You come up with a decision that is your joint decision. And anytime anybody chooses to be married to their opinion, strife comes in the home. That's why we're having so many problems in our nation today with marriages not lasting. Because we have been fed on a diet of self. 
In our attempt to try and assert who we are, we have been overfed on a diet of selfishness. Me, myself, and I. So it's got to be my way. It's got to be done my way. And that's never good for any home. It's never good for any church. It's never good for any business. It's never good for any enterprise. Everywhere, Barcelona, in life, we have to follow somebody's way. Yeah. If you work for a company, you don't do what you want. They tell you what to wear. They tell you what time to be there. They tell you how to do your job. Don't look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. They tell you. They tell you. And you comply. And if you don't do it, there are penalties. Nobody does it their way. All of us have to do it somebody's way. The Bible tells us also to obey the laws of the land. We must submit ourselves to the ordinance of men. First Peter 2. Verse 13, we shouldn't be lawbreakers, stubborn lawbreakers. God places great value on our willingness to yield. So Paul says in James 4, verse 6, or rather James says in James 4, 6, he says, but God gives more grace. Therefore, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When you are willing to yield, you see, Basalan, if you are willing to do it God's way and listen to God, God will give you grace. Mara, if you are a stubborn person, God says, all right, you are also it. There are people who are stubbornly doing things and it hasn't worked for the last 10 years and you haven't figured it out yet. God is just standing there and saying, So all your prayer meetings, all your fasting, all your prayer friends and all your prayer teams, and all your spiritual warfare, I'll take any amen I can get right now. See, pride is when you want to do it your way. You, you are going to start a church, even if God didn't tell you. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you're going to start. You're, you're going to marry him or marry her, even if, even if they're not living right. Hmm? Even if Apollos, or when now you're, you're, just go, you're, you're, you're just going to do it. You're going to take that job, even if you have to compromise and sell your innocence. If you're going to do it. Really. And God just stands there and says, all right, let's see. You'll never go anywhere. You can get that car. Through backdoor Mara. Ilorobeha every day. No, no, some of you, that's why your life is not moving forward. It's not the devil. God just ended there saying, All right, let's see, you are married to your opinion. Even if my word speaks to you, even if the sermon comes in church and you can hear I'm talking to you, you are still stubborn. You go back to the same thing. Okay, let's see how far you'll go. That's why we have people whose lives is going in a circle. I'm telling you, Masalan, if my life was going in a circle, if I was you, I would check. How humble am I? No, no, I would. I would. Now, we have times when things don't work out well. Mamela, we have seasons when things don't work. All of us go through that. Mara, if after 20 years, 30 years, you are still in the same place, ah, connect that wrong up. Yeah. God resists the proud. And I found in ministry, I can tell you, I can tell you from the depth of my heart, 
One thing I found, if God has told me to do something, if I don't do it, this ministry doesn't move forward. I'm telling you. I'm not talking about numbers and churches. Many things. I even know the anointing many times goes away. God doesn't fight. He says, all right, you want to do it your way, Musa. Okay, Arubone, what a great pastor you will be without me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you can scream and shout and kick and everything. That's why people manufacture stuff now. Yeah, you have to come with fake things because God has mudimu emimoli. I know, I know in the church, I know. That's why I have to obey God. I tell our leaders, listen, you are not here to be an opposition party. You are here to help me pray to know what the will of God is. And, and, and if God tells us, we do it. Even if we don't have money, even if we don't feel like it, we do it. Because I know if we don't do it, God just stands there and says, okay, that's why you say some people, their life's not going anywhere. Some of you, that's why your life is really not going anywhere. You are so stubborn. So stubborn. You are so married to a wrong thing. You are so married to opinion. Many times God has given you a chance. He's spoken to you. You read the word. The word has spoken to you. Someone has spoken to you. He said, um, So do already because I'm saying this. Mm. <laughs> I didn't call your name. I don't know who you are. <laughs> but God knows who you are and God's trying to help you. I found out, Bazalan. Mamelan Bazalan. It doesn't cost to serve God. It pays to serve God. Pays. Yeah. Even the sacrifices that we think are big sacrifices. It's still nothing. A life yielded to God is a million times better. If you look at it over time, a life that was yielded to God will go further down the road than a stubborn life. That did it its way like Frank Sinatra. And sometimes when you want to serve God, people want to say, feel sorry for you. And I know when I wanted to go into the ministry, they were saying, But I said, I'm called. God has called me into the ministry. something sure. You have something to, to fall back on. No, 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 I don't want to. I'm called. God called me. I'm going in. God called me. That's, that's my life. That's my life. Shame. So if God told you to do something and you are stubborn, even in his word, you are stubborn. That's not going to go anywhere. That's not going to go anywhere. All right. Number five. The wisdom from above is full of mercy. It's ready to pass a transgression and to grant forgiveness to those who offend. Bazalana, if we do not learn to be merciful to people, God's not going to be merciful to us. Romans 12, 19 says, Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine and I will repay. Be merciful. Don't try to hit back. Don't try to hit back. Be full of mercy. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. See, if we won't be merciful to others, God will not be merciful to us. Listen how Jesus taught us to pray. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. 
Yeah. So God is saying, if you won't forgive, I can't forgive you. Because you won't, I can't. You, you won't. And God says, as compared to your sin, what they've done to you is entry-level stuff. God says, My son died on the cross because of you. God says, if you don't forgive, I'm telling you, some of you, you're walking in unforgiveness. I'll, I'll share that fully in some of the weeks. But I'd, I'd suggest today you let go of unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will cause your house to crumble. People who live in bitterness and unforgiveness, they just block their own path. Even if you were violated, whichever way, even if they didn't, you didn't start it, but you can't afford to be unforgiving. No. One of the things I avoid to do is to always talk about people who've hurt me. I don't want to. Because the more you talk about it, the more it festers. The more the seed. You know the Bible, I was studying two weeks ago, the Bible talks about the root of bitterness in the book of Hebrews. The root, you know, bitterness in Alimutsu. It's because the root grows and it defiles everything. There are people who live in bitterness. Bitter. Bitter. You always causes your house to crumble. I'm telling you about wisdom. I know you don't like the sermon, but I'm telling you about wisdom. I'm telling you about wisdom. Forgiveness is the best thing. If Jesus hadn't forgiven on the cross those who had murdered him, we wouldn't be here today. Even when he was hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Oh, Jesus. Forgive them. Forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Forgive them. What was Jesus praying about? Bible historians tell, tell us that because of Jesus being crucified, it set them up to experience the trauma that followed years later. We all heard about the Holocaust when millions of Jews were murdered. What they did cost them dearly. Jesus says, God, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know what is going to cost them. That's why sometimes you must pray for people who are busy touching you and doing all kinds of things. Just pray for them. They don't know what they're bringing on themselves. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. I was sharing with somebody the other day, and I, and I'm sorry, but I'm bringing tears to my eyes because this is one of the most painful things I've seen. In this one church, where elders rose against the pastor, hey, you lead with people for years, do your best as a leader. All of a sudden, they rise against you. So they came to me to try and resolve. He came with them. And when I listened to what they were raising, there was nothing the man had done. Whatever they were raising could be corrected. Whatever they were raising wasn't violating anything. It's just administrative things that can be adjusted. I sat in meetings for days trying to resolve, trying to speak sense. 
No, he did this. I said, it's understood. Why don't we correct this? Why don't we fix this? This is fixable. No. Then they rose up and started telling people in the church, influencing people in the church. Ha. I remember the one meeting I went to that church. A young guy, young boy, I think this boy must have been, must have been 20 years old, stood up in the church whilst I was talking. Should I say, yeah, we will not allow the, the money of the people who told you and there was no evidence for that. We won't allow the people to be, to be misled. I'm sitting there, the pastor sitting there, I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at this young man. In my heart, I said, God, does this boy know what he's doing? Does this boy know what he's doing? Does this boy know what he's doing? These people influence the church. The, the last straw for me is when I got a phone call from this pastor because the police were at his office arresting him because he had been accused for rape, of rape. And it wasn't true. These people influenced a young girl to say the pastor raped raped her. Yeah. Thank God for the, some of the police there, as they took the statement, there were so many contradictions. So they tried to find out more. And the girl said, no, 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 it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, I know the story. That story, by the way, was in the newspaper. Front pages. Pastor of Grace, wah, 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 accused of rape going to be arrested. It stayed on their website for years. I had to phone the newspaper to take it off. Let me tell you the, side, the other side to it. Five of those people have died as, I, as I'm talking now. Including that boy. I stood there and said, does he, does he know what he's doing? Listen, Basalana, if you rise like that, God's going to rise and say, okay, you, you are touching me now. God, God is jealous about those kind of things. It's not only about pastors, it's about your Christian brother. When Paul was persecuting the church, Jesus got personal. He struck him off his horse. When he rose up, God says, Saul, Saul, what are you doing? He says, who are you, Lord? He says, it's me. He wasn't persecuting Jesus. He was persecuting the Christians. But God says, if you touch the Christians, if you touch my people, if you behave this way, I take it personal. No, I, 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 don't, I don't want to be on that side of God. This gracious God, once he, once he becomes a flame of fire, once this God starts to deal with you, I don't, I don't want to be, and some of you, you don't have the wisdom to know. No, you don't have it. You don't have it. You don't have it. No, you don't have it. Number six, the wisdom from above is without partiality. It makes no difference. It's not, it doesn't favor other people and look at others in another way. And finally, number seven, my time is gone, sorry. The wisdom from above is without hypocrisy. You see, wisdom from God teaches us not to pretend to be what we are not. I can't come and pray for you because my motive is to get money from you. Shouldn't be. And you know, I, I was reading this yesterday and some other days, and it, it really struck me. 
the, 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 the continuum of the requirements of leadership going all the way back to the book of Exodus. Things that God says, if someone is going to lead, they've got to have these qualities. Exodus 18, Deuteronomy 1, Numbers 11, it goes into Acts chapter 6, to the book of Timothy. Among the many things that the Bible talks about there is that these people must be authentic people. They must not be hypocritical. It struck me. And some of it, when you, when, you, when you listen to it, it says they should not be corrupted. And I was reading that, I thought, whoa. Then it says they have to have a good testimony with those who are without. In other words, you can't have someone serve as a leader, go high, there are one thing in church, there are another thing. They can't be hypocritical. You see, some people wear Christianity like a coat. The minute they come through the, the gate of the church, they become Christian. Once they take off that jacket, they become some devilish thing. Hypocrisy will not work. Even in our dealings with people, we shouldn't be slipshod and speak out of two sides of our mouth, speak with a forked tongue, throw in things where we have double meanings. We know we will manipulate. We mustn't do that. We mustn't do that. We must be honest. When we deal with people, we must be honest. In our dealings, we must be honest. We mustn't be hypocritical. We mustn't present ourselves to be what we're not. I'll close with this one. I had a very interesting story of uh, this minister, this evangelist who was, who would go from city to city preaching. And unfortunately, he didn't handle his financial matters well. As a result, he didn't have a good credit rating. So anytime he came into a particular place to have a, a meeting, he would ask the churches in the area to make pledges for him or to be surety so that he can get debt and be able to hire equipment to do the meetings. And, uh, and they would do it because he would say, no, after the meetings, then he will pay them back from the offering that he got from the crusade. Sometimes it worked, but sometimes it wouldn't work. And when it didn't work, he would just close the meeting quickly and run off to another town. So he came to this particular town where there was this woman pastor, other pastors as well, but there was this, the stories about the woman pastor who was in the meeting when this man asked for them to stand in a surety. Some of the pastors were not so sure. You know, they had misgivings, but this lady, you know, just felt compassion for the man, and so she's too surety for him, and like the brother always does it, after he had preached and after he got a lot of money in the offering, he left town before he could pay anybody back. Left this woman with a lot of debt, you know, because some of the things she had gone to speak to those companies, and so they, 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 they hired those things out because of her name. So now here she is, the brother has left, he hasn't paid a cent. So for the sake of her own integrity, she decided to pay those things. It has happened to us so many times. People So, you know, because you want to protect your name, you just go and pay. But I like this lady because after she did that, she thought, no, I'm going to 
I may be meek, I may be humble, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> then she checked where this brother is and found out he was in another town. Went there, booked herself in a hotel, and then waited for the day when the meetings were starting. Didn't arrive when the meeting started. Waited to arrive just in time, just before the brother preaches. So just before the preaching time came, she waltzes right in. And because they had Baruti sitting on the platform, she came right straight up. And the usher tried to stop her. She said, no, 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 no. I'm a minister. Uh, I, w- I want to see this scoundrel. So she got up and came and sat right next to the preacher, the evangelist, <laughs> the man of God. <laughs> and she said to him, I've come for my money. <laughs> this is just before the brother preaches. And he went, <laughs> she said, ah, no, no ifs and buts about it. I want my money. No, no, no. She said, listen, listen, if you don't give me, if you don't give me tonight's offering, before you preach, I'm going to go up there. I'm going to tell everybody what you did to me in our town. And not only that, I'm going to follow you wherever you go and tell everybody what a crook you are. And I said, all right. So first night they took the offering. She had brought a big case, Murutin Tom. <laughs> They put all the offering into the case. So they counted it. It was, it was half, half what he, she was owed. So she stayed another night. And the next offering, they, <laughs> they put it into her. They counted it. It was enough. So then she left. She said, God bless you. Get a Havana next time. And then she left. <laughs> I just love that lady, don't you? I, I wish I was like that sometimes, don't you? And the minister said, well, I'm so sorry for what I did. Next time I'll do better. <laughs> yeah, but we, we, we shouldn't be like that. The Bible says we must provide things honest before all men. Jesus says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. You, you can't speak between words. You can't. But you see, people live hypocritical ways. They get things through lying, they're cheating and, and whatever. And they want their house to stand. And wisdom says, not going to stand. It may stand for one week. But one day, the hawks will be there. It's going to come all crashing down. God be merciful to us. I said, God be merciful to us. Give the Lord a hand. I know your hearts are broken. I know your hearts are broken. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Give the Lord a big hand. The book of Hebrews says, the book of Hebrews says, God chastens those that he loves. Yeah. Even as a parent, you discipline your child because you love them. When they've reached a point where there's no hope, God loves us. Pindukulu memoya and Father, we stand today in your presence. And we're saying we receive your word. It might be bitter in our mouth, but in the end it has promises of life that is and that is to come. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive us for having allowed bitterness, jealousy, anger, strife, 
to come into our hearts. Forgive us for allowing hypocrisy to come into our lives. Father, right now we give ourselves to you because we know you are the only one who can help us. We yield ourselves to you without shame, without fear. For we know that our lives is in your hands. Oh, Jesus.